Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for tuning in. Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 election did not lead to charges against the president for either conspiracy or for obstruction of justice. But it certainly seemed to lay out a case for Congress to be able to take action against Donald Trump for at least some of what Robert Mueller was investigating. So should Democrats, who now control the House of Representatives, pursue that course as a way of noting that incursions against justice have to be punished? Or would doing that be handing Trump exactly what he wants, a continued fight that gets his base exercised going into the 2020 campaign? That's where we begin the conversation here on Detroit Today. And uh, we're going to talk all hour about what Democrats should do and what the possible consequences might be for those decisions. We really want to hear from you, of course. What, what do you think Democrats should be doing? Should they open impeachment proceedings against President Trump? Tell us why or why not. And tell us whether you think this could backfire on the Democrats if they do it. Think about what is coming up in the next few months uh, as we run up to the campaign for president in 2020. Are you somebody who would hold that against the Democrats if they were to impeach the president uh, as we get ready to make a new decision about a president next year? Or are you somebody who would hold it against the Democrats if they didn't pursue this aim? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. And we will begin today with Ron Fournier. He is the president of Truscott Rossman Consulting Firm. He covered the Clinton White House as a correspondent for the Associated Press, and he's the former publisher of Crane's Detroit Business. Ron, welcome back to Detroit Today. Good morning. How are you doing? It's always great to have you here. Um, let's start with a short clip from Nancy Pelosi, who's Speaker of the House, she was talking with the Washington Post's Robert Costa and said that Trump is goading Democrats into impeachment hearings. Let's hear what Whether she it's says. obstruction, 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 obstruction of having uh, people come to the table with facts, ignoring subpoenas and the rest, every single day the president is making a case. He's, ma- he's becoming self impeachable. Okay, so she says he's making the case for them to do what a lot of people think they should do, which is begin impeachment hearings. What, well, actually, what do you make of that? Actually, she says that he's self-impeachable. He's self-impeachable. Now, you tell me what I that means. I don't know means. what that means. <laughs> she, she's having a hard time with this, and here's why. I'm going to go back to your opening and answer your two questions. Yes, this president should be punished for his wrongdoing. We can't normalize what it is he's been doing. And yes, if, if the Democrats impeach him, it will almost certainly backfire. <laughs> That's the conundrum <laughs> right. uh, we're in here. Um, uh, there's a very good chance that what we saw happen in 1998, um, the impeachment of Republicans of, of Bill Clinton actually helped Bill Clinton with voters who are kind of in the middle, mm-hmm. voters who really aren't connected to one of the tribes and who are very upset with the political system. They saw the Republican impeachment proceedings as just more politics, and they saw Bill Clinton as a sympathetic figure. Um, Democrats like Nancy Pelosi are afraid um, that the same thing would happen with Donald Trump, that people in the middle who aren't a part of uh, these two tribes and are sick of all politics will see an impeachment proceeding 
um, is sucking up all the oxygen away from things they care about, like health care, like infrastructure, um, like the fact that uh, two people now have to work in their families to make half as much money as they used to. Um, so that's that's the issue. Uh, um, y- y- the answer to both of your questions in the opening is, is <laughs> yes. yes, and that's it, a problem for what, the Democrats. And here's what right? makes it even worse. Well, it's a problem for the country. Uh, we're not going to be able to punish the president for his wrongdoing. The president is above the law, we're now finding out. Literally, he can't be charged with obstruction, um, even the special prosecutor said. So the problem with the country is um, he's not going to be able to be charged because, or even if he is charged, he would never be convicted because the Republican tribe is not going to convict him in the Senate. Mm. And even something like a middle approach, for history's sake, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be interesting if we could do something that the Republicans at the very least wanted to do with Clinton, which was to censure him, right? to have a historical something censure, not quite record. an impeachment, keep him in office, but put a put a black stain against his record and to tell future presidents this kind of activity will not stand. We're not going to even be able to do that. I can't imagine that the Democrats, Democratic left would uh, settle for that and that the uh, tribal Republicans would accept it. So, so if you're Nancy Pelosi, how do you navigate this right now? I think, as you say, she sounds like she's doing a little bit of a dance trying to not overcommit to one foot or the other, I suppose. Uh, but but how do you get yeah. both feet back on the ground she's and a, go forward? She's a very savvy politician. What she's trying to do is thread a needle, is, is to give enough oxygen uh, to the folks on the left who are absolutist. If you're not for impeachment, you're against us completely. She's trying not to lose them while she is trying to kind of run out the clock um, so that an impeachment proceeding doesn't happen because she has calculated it will it will it will hurt her base. Yeah. Um, if the Democrats, for instance, don't do any of that, if they don't impeach the president in the House, and of course, it won't really matter if they do, because there's no way those impeachment articles would get through the Senate, which would still have to convict him. Um, which might argue for why you don't impeach why him. Why you don't bother. Uh, but then again, if, if you don't, don't impeach him, then his right. behavior is for, forever in history. I mean, if they don't accepted. do it, don't they face, don't they face consequences from... Democrats. I mean, this was the this was the problem in, in sixteen, right? This this right. idea of a flawed party trying to rally its base against uh, a more flawed opponent whose base is all in with him. That's a good way to put it. You know, the Republicans are so flawed and united <laughs> that they're making it hard <laughs> on a Democratic party that has its own flaws but is disunited. Um, if 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 you go along with the base and you impeach them. You're not going to convict him, and you may very well help him. Um, if you ignore the base and don't impeach him, um, you're very likely to divide the party. Um, but I look at it even bigger. Look, at I, 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 I'm not as concerned about what happens to the Democrats mm. and what happens to the Republicans as I am what happens to the party to mm. the country. Mm. I'm old enough to remember sitting in the White House in the early '90s. And being part of the outrage machine that raked George Stephanopoulos over the coals because he had the temerity as a communications director to reach out to his colleague, another flack, another PR person at the Justice Department, and ask about the travel office affair. That was seen at the time, Stephen, as an abrogation of, of an abuse of power. I remember by, that. by not just Republicans, by, by, by the media and by, by civil society. We didn't think it was right back then for the, for, for the president to be even to be appearing to be tampering with an investigation into himself. Flash forward to 2000, uh, what was it, 2010? No, I guess 2012, when Bill Clinton got off the tarmac and walked into a plane of the attorney general. Mm. 
We don't know what he talked to her about, but because he might have talked to her about the Hillary Clinton email affair, we all, meaning certainly Republicans, but even folks like me in the media, that was not proper. Even the perception of, a, of, a, of, of abusing your power of a former president isn't right. Well, now we are going to normalize because of the politics that you just laid out, because he's not going to be convicted. He may not even be impeached. He probably won't be censured. Now it's going to be normal for a president to do things like starting with violating campaign finance laws to, sure. to, to cover up um, uh, wrongdoing, having his um, uh, having the FBI director fired bec- to cover up um, an investigation, and the president himself admitted that. He said in the Oval Office, I wanted to get rid of that, that Russia thing. Ordering his White House counsel to fire the special prosecutor. That's a fact, not an opinion. That happened. That is now going to be normalized. Um, seeking foreign um, help on, an, on, a, on a campaign. He did that in 2012. I'm not saying collusion, but they did seek help from the Russians. They did seek their information. And now uh, we had Giuliani about to go to the Ukraine to do it again this election. That and many other things. Let's just set aside um, I'm calling um, Hispanic judges unfit for office because sure. they're Hispanic and drawing a moral equivalency in Charlottesville. These things are now going to be normal. And if I'm a Republican who's supporting Donald Trump, just stop and think for a second how you're going to feel when a Democrat says, okay, a Democratic president says, okay, I can do all these things now. Right, right. Uh, Sorry to go on so different. long, but no, that's, that's okay. what really no, concerns I think me. That's, I think is this stuff is now accepted. That's that's the context in which this becomes a constitutional crisis, right? Yes, sir. There is no constitutional crisis over what Mueller did or recommended. That's the way it's supposed to work. The Correct. crisis comes from this conundrum, as you point out, that uh, that if you're a Democrat, uh, uh, the idea of, of pursuing this has political consequences that you might be fearful of. And if you're a Republican who is reluctant to go along with any process because this is a president of your own party who's doing things that you are enthusiastic about. See, I think it's a constitutional uh, crisis greater than the Lewinsky scandal and greater than even Watergate for something more than that. It's because these things that the president has done, the, these things that it's not, uh, it's, this is objectively yes. the norms that he has broken from now on will be acceptable. I think it's a constitutional crisis that a president can openly obstruct justice, can openly intimidate witnesses, can openly dangle pardons, can openly fire the FBI director who is investigating him, who now is, by, by, um, by Department of Justice guidelines and by writ of what's happened um, in this investigation, the president of the United States, now and forever, is above the law. That's a constitutional crisis greater than Watergate. Because at least with Watergate, we had some guardrails that normalized things. And ultimately, the Nixon could go only so far, and the Republicans went up there and said that we've had enough. That's not going to happen with President Trump. And by the way, it won't happen with President X, who's a Democrat. That's why this is a bigger constitutional crisis than any time since Johnson was impeached before the Civil War. Uh, again, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. My guest is Ron Fournier. 
He's the president of Truscott Rossman Consulting Firm. He covered the Clinton White House as a correspondent for the Associated Press, and he's the former publisher of Crane's Detroit Business. We are talking about impeachment, whether Democrats who control the House of Representatives in Washington should impeach Donald Trump for the things that Robert Mueller says he did uh, in his investigation. Uh, If they do that, will there be consequences for the Democrats? If they don't do that, are there consequences not just for the Democrats, but also for the country in the sense of letting this behavior go? Uh, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Jake, uh, I'm sorry, I know Bob on Twitter says, I think any action we could take in every situation could backfire, so we should never do anything ever again. A little bit of sarcasm from so Bob it, this morning. That's a fair point, though. <laughs> it is, right? The problem is the Democrats <laughs> could do what he, Bob thinks is right and and impeach the president, and there certainly are grounds to do so. Um, but, but again, to my higher point, what's that going to solve? Because he won't be convicted. Yeah. Uh, Leo on Twitter says, start by impeaching Barr, the attorney general. That would be like cutting off the top button on Trump's PJs while he's asleep. Uh, that's a great analogy there, Leo. Uh, I, I, I think William Barr, the attorney general, uh, I saw you on Twitter when uh, he was testifying in front of Congress talking about how much of his self-esteem and credibility he just shredded in front of uh, legislators. Yeah, it just it just remarkable to me anytime anybody serves a president or a governor or a senator and does things that uh, they would never condone um, of the other party and never um, look their mother in the eyes and say, I've done this and I'm proud of it. Um, what, what the attorney general did, um, and again, this is objective, I don't have... Um, I don't have an axe to grind against either party. What he did factually is is took a quick look at Mueller's report um, and then summarized it in four pages in a way that um, um, bastardized the intent of um, the investigation. It made it look like um, Mueller had exonerated the president on both collusion and or conspiracy and um, or on collusion and uh, obstruction. The fact of the matter is he found no basis for charging with a conspiracy. He didn't find that uh, the Trump campaign hadn't gone to every extent to get information from the Russians that they possibly could. Um, collusion isn't a crime. Collusion is a verb yes. um, that applies Conspiracy to what the president the did. Right. Um, so Barr, um, Barr muddied those waters. And then, he cl- then um, with no statutory basis, um, not his position in the process, he declared uh, the president innocent of obstruction. Mueller didn't do that. Uh, Mueller clearly left that decision to be made by Congress by after laying out a 10-point indictment of, of, of reasonable cause on obstruction. Um, so that was, that's, you know, that's a lie. That's a big, 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 that's more than just spinning, <clears throat> especially for AG, it's lying. And then, of course, he clearly didn't tell the truth uh, to, to Congress about this as well. And and uh, when you lie to the Congress, that is a crime. And we have somebody sitting in jail for lying to Congress sure. in this case already. Uh, again, uh, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We've got a lot of folks who want to talk about this. No surprise there. Let's start with Ed in Detroit. Ed, what's on your mind? Yes, uh, timely conversation. Thank you. Um, over 700 uh, former U.S. attorneys have signed a letter uh, arguing that the president has, in fact, this is uh, Mr. Mueller, 
laid out the case for it. A number of these former attorneys are known public Republicans. More of them have worked in Republican administrations. Mr. Nadler, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, could bring some of these former attorneys before his committee to lay on the record why they believe the president has committed obstruction. And that can be used after the president has left office Hmm. to be the basis of an indictment for obstruction of justice. The The OLC, or Office of Legal Counsel's opinion, may bar the Justice Department from charging the president while he is in office. It is certainly not a bar to charge any president with crimes, with ordinary crimes. Sure after he has left off. Yeah. Ed, that's a great point, and I think it's something that could enter the conversation at some point. I made a prediction on Flashpoint, the show that Devin Skillian hosts on WDIV here in Detroit, at the end of the year last year that the president would not survive this year in office, and I was not making that prediction based on the fact that I thought he would be a victim of the Mueller investigation uh, specifically, but that this this kind of negotiation would take place that would uh, promise him and more importantly, perhaps promise his relatives uh, that they would not be prosecuted after uh, he leaves office if he were to uh, if he were to resign. What do you think of that scenario, Ron? Um, it's unlikely, <laughs> unfortunately. Um that kind of um, um, holding him accountable, whether it led to a charge or at least forced him to make a tough decision, is the kind of thing you would expect if the president was as equally um, subject to the law as you and I are. Um, but he clearly isn't. Um, when his attorney general um, has already shaded the case in the way I just described, and it's the attorney general who, to whom every um, U.S. attorney reports they to. all work for him, right? sure. And the special prosecutor reported to Barr, which is how Barr was able to massage the public narrative. So how does that conversation happen? And why would the president, after he's gotten away with so much, um, why would he enter into a negotiation like that? Why would he, why would he agree to step down when, he, when what he has learned and what we have learned is that any president now, including the next Democrat, only has to go on Twitter and talk about witch hunts and call the, the press the enemy of the people and, 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 and lie and have a couple surrogates lie for him or her, and the president can get away with anything. That's the constitutional crisis. That's the precedent that is being set for every future president. So uh, I thought you that was a pretty smart thing to say at the end of last year. But, but seeing how— <laughs> It's not going to happen now. <laughs> see, seeing how—you know, that's when we thought that maybe the institutions would hold— um, but the, I think the institutions are, are, are crumbling beneath us. Hmm. Uh, again, Ed, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to Dennis in Lincoln Park. Dennis, what's on your mind? Hey, so I think that you guys are showing extreme bias uh, when you talk about this constitutional crisis because the one thing that you said is how would Republicans feel in the future when Democrats do that? And really, the Democrats have already done that. When you have uh, Eric Holder, who was held in contempt of court uh, already and never appealed, uh, never appeared before Congress. Then you had President Obama claiming executive privilege for himself and his entire group of people. 
uh, that they weren't allowed to be called in to testify. And when you talk about uh, uh, colluding or reaching out to foreign states uh, for information, uh, clearly through this investigation, it was already uh, verified that uh, the Clinton campaign did that with the Steele dossier. Okay. So what you guys are, when you're saying that this is a one-way street, you, nope. you're so full of garbage right now. It's not a, showing how fake you news you really are. It's not a one-way street. Dennis, I don't know. I, don't Dennis, know. I appreciate the call and, and the comments. Hang on the line so that uh, we can get you an answer. I don't know if Dennis has any children, um, um, but if he does, I'm sure he does not tell them two wrongs make a right. I'm sure he's raising his children um, that it's not a, when you do something wrong, it doesn't excuse you by saying, yes, but they did it, too. Um, it is a constitutional crisis when any president, Republican or Democrat, um, ignores um, congressional subpoenas. Um, it is a it is a constitutional crisis, Republican or Democrat, when a president um, fires an FBI director to get an investigation off his back and orders the, the, the White House counsel to fire the special prosecutor to get a a, a prosecution, prosecution office back. It is it is a huge problem for our democracy when any president, Democrat or Republican, um, solicits information from a, a foreign adversary and then uses it against um, their opponent. It certainly is is wrong a problem with our country when any president, Republican, Democrat, um, orders the investigation of a political opponent, which is happening now. So yeah, we can nitpick uh, the difference between Eric Holder, who turned over seven thousand documents and testified six times. Um, um, in, in a hearing and then was held in contempt. We can nitpick on who is more wrong. I, I would just rather have one tribe and every member of one tribe just say, stop, this is not right. And there, and Instead there is, of saying, you know, uh, yeah, but they did it first. Well, and, and there is an escalation here that I think you have to acknowledge. The things that Donald Trump is lying about, the things that Donald Trump is telling other people to lie about are substantively different from what yeah. we've seen in the past. Yes, Stephen, but this isn't an a, a political asymmetry, just a Republican thing. Yes, it's escalated. It has escalated from Carter and Bush to Clinton. Bill Clinton did some things that hadn't been normal up until then. And then it escalated with George Bush, who did, done, had did some things, especially with Iraq, that had never done before. And then it escalated with, with, with uh, President Obama, who used executive power in a way that no president ever had before. And now it's escalating, I would, I would agree with you, you know, exponentially with Donald Trump. But where do we go next if somebody or some party doesn't say, stop, I don't care what everyone else has done. I'm going to bring us back to a time when the president was not above the law um, and when we could work with the other party and get stuff done. Okay. Again, Dennis, I really appreciate the call and your comments. You're going to want to stay tuned, Dennis, with everyone else, because up next, we're going to continue this conversation and get a Republican perspective on the idea of impeachment. Former Republican uh, state party chair Saul Anuzis is going to join us to tell us what he thinks about the Democratic prospects of impeaching Donald Trump. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to look at a new resource that's launching to help people better understand Detroit's civil rights history. And we'll talk about a new book that examines the elusive post-war boom of the 1950s right here in Detroit. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today.
You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're talking this hour about what the Democrats will do in Washington now that they have control of the House of Representatives and they have the Mueller report in their hands. Will they impeach the president, even though they would certainly know that the Senate will not convict him? Or will they beg off on that question and move the country forward in another way? And whichever choice they make, what will the consequences look like? What will the consequences look like in the next few months as we gear up for the 2020 presidential election? What will the consequences look like in the future when we elect yet another president? Will that president look to what happened here to guide their own behavior? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. We want to know what you think about what the Democrats should do. Uh, You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, joining us now to give us a Republican perspective on this question is Saul Anuzis. He is a Republican political consultant, a principal with Coast to Coast Strategies, and he's the former Michigan Republican Party chair. Saul, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning, Steve. Yes, and I, I also still have with us Ron Fournier, who is the president of Truscott Rossman Consulting Firm. He covered the Clinton White House as a correspondent for the AP and is the former publisher of Crane's Detroit business. Uh, Saul, um, I want to start with you. Uh, I don't imagine that you would support the idea of impeaching Donald Trump, but tell me why. Well, I I think as you mentioned, you know, going into this, number one, there is not going to be a real impeachment. This is a political process, which we all understand. And I think that the Democrats, uh, there's a group of Democrats uh, that want to do this for political reasons and think it's beneficial. There's another group of Democrats and a group of Republicans that actually think it could backfire on them. It could be very dangerous politically. Um, The problem is the Mueller report, you know, spent $30 million and now almost two years investigating to find out that there was no collusion and there was no obstruction. So from a legal standpoint, they have a hard perspective in the sense that, you know, they don't have the legal grounds to do the, to do a, a, uh, impeachment. So it's a, but the impeachment is a political process. It really isn't a legal process. You don't have to have the same prosecutor, uh, a perspective. It doesn't have to be proven. It just has to be something that a majority of the House of Representatives and majority of the Senate would vote for. Um, obviously, the Democrats are very motivated, and I think they could get a majority of the House Democrats to vote for it and therefore have passage. But I don't think they would find anybody on the Republican side uh, in the House or the Senate uh, that would join them in that. And therefore, that means it's more of a exercise in politics, uh, which is understandable, but has a high degree of risk for the Democrats, I think, in backfiring where the American people would like to start moving on when they found out there is no obstruction, there was no collusion. And that's I think that's the challenge, and that's really the political question that everybody's going to have to ask themselves. So, Saul, let's go back to the late 1990s when the political shoe was on the other foot, and it was President Bill Clinton who was accused of obstruction of justice uh, and perjury. Uh, and the House impeached him, even though the Senate was not going to uh, was not going to convict him. Did you did you think then that that was not worth doing? Well, you know, I mean, there are different circumstances and different situations. I mean, the reality is that the impeachment didn't matter because it wasn't going to go through. Um, 
you know, to be honest with you, I wasn't engaged in the political process at that stage to kind of make a political decision, to be honest with you. Um, but I think that, you know, there is a little bit of difference only in the sense that, you know, President Clinton came out and basically lied to the American people, lied under oath, and, and that created a impeachable offense. Here, you basically have a situation where you don't like the president, you don't like his policies, you don't like what he's doing, and you don't, lo- you don't like how he's doing it. So rather than wait for the next election to remove him, um, you're hoping that this impeachment process, if you're a Democrat, would help you set up the terms and conditions that are necessary to defeat an incumbent. And it may or may not be true. Go ahead, hey, Saul, how are you doing? This is, this is Ron. Good to talk to you again. Hey, Ron. Um, just, to, just to correct a couple of things. Um, um, one, uh, the, the Mueller report did show many cases in which the president lied to the American public. Uh, he didn't do so he did not lie under oath because he refused to, to talk directly to the investigators, as Bill Clinton was willing to do. Uh, but he did lie to the American people. Second of all, as I'm sure you know, um, despite what you said, the report does not clear um, President Trump of obstruction. It lays out 10 cases um, um, in which uh, um, acts of obstruction appeared to, to have happened and left it to Congress to determine whether or not to charge him since the DOJ could not under its rules. And as for no, it's 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 I've read it several times. It's 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 factually true. Now it's not not an opinion. No, it it, it does not clear him of obstruction. It it, does. Matter of fact, it specifically says we're not clearing him of obstruction. And then on collusion, it it does say that um, um, they could not charge him with a conspiracy to conspire with the Russians to um, overthrow the election. So he was cleared of conspiring with the Russians to overthrow the election. The report did, if you read it, does spell out several cases where um, um, he and his campaign were actively working with the Russians to get information um, about Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Not a chargeable okay, so offense, but something he lied about, uh, you know, yeah, he claimed so he hadn't done. Yeah, Ron, let's, let's try to get the facts straight. So what you're saying is you're, you're picking what you would like to use in this report. When you have a special prosecutor, his job is either to determine whether or not there is something they can charge a person with. No, that's the, not correct. The, the, the job was to say, can we charge the president or can we charge anybody with collusion? And the answer was no. no there that's... was nothing that could be proven and nothing that came out there that basically well, showed Saul, that they colluded. Saul, Saul, to, be you, fair, you, you, to be fair, I think what they said was there was nothing that l- reached the level of a criminal conspiracy. And that's right, a so different standard from so whether words, they, they colluded. Somebody doesn't have to be innocent until proven guilty under your political perspective. Well, I mean, your, I think he's innocent. I think he's, uh, he's, he's is, innocent he is, he is innocent of criminal conspiracy or he's not able no, to be he's, charged. He's, he's, he, look, if Mueller had any opportunity and all the people that went after him for two years and spent $30 million, if there was any way they could have went after him legally in any circumstance, they would have done it. The bottom line is they couldn't. There was nothing in the report. There was nothing in the facts. There was nothing out there that allowed them to move forward and criminally go after. But Saul, you know the difference. You know the difference between the word collusion, which has no legal weight or definition, and 
conspiracy, which is the statute that that Mueller would have had to engage in order to to, to prosecute the president. They're 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 very different things. So do, you think, do you think Hillary Clinton and the Democrats colluded with the Russians? I I I, I don't know. I mean, so, uh, look at that, hey, Saul, but that's that, not what Mueller was looking did. into. Yeah, you know that Trump did, but you don't know if the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. Well, did. because Mueller didn't do a report on Hillary no. Clinton. Look at look at you are you are right you are right to say. You are right to say that uh, uh, on conspiracy to collude, to, to conspiracy to overthrow the election with the Russians, um, um, uh, Mueller specifically said, "I don't have enough evidence to file charges." You are wrong, just flat out wrong, to say he was cleared of obstruction because he, his mandate. Wait, let me finish. Let me finish. His mandate was not. His mandate was not to bring charges. His mandate was to investigate whether or not. Um, uh, there was um, meddling by the Russians in our elections. He determined, let me finish, let me finish. He determined that there was. He determined that um, Trump and his people were involved with the Russians. He also determined that he could not get over the criminal bar on, on conspiracy. On obstruction, he said, here's 10 things that clearly show an effort to obstruct. But because of the DOJ ruling, I cannot... Um, I am not allowed to you file can't charges. Charge the president. So you can't no, take that and say he was cleared. You just can't. That's factually I, well, wrong, and I, you're undermining your case by no, saying no. something that's factually wrong. Well, here's what's factually wrong: the <laughs> Mueller's job is not to clear anybody. Mueller's job is to determine whether he can prosecute. Sure. So you're creating a different that standard that just does not exist. There was no reason for him to clear him of collusion. There was no reason of him to clear him of obstruction. Saul, it is not was, his, it was not his job. It was not no no. See, you gotta you have to go back and read the report, sir. His, oh, I his, his, report, his job was I also not read why he was put in the place. His job I mean, was no you're spinning it to the best no, of your ability. I'm telling you that. it's a fact. He was his mandate was not to determine whether or not to charge. His mandate was to investigate the Russian involvement in the in the in the so election. The he specifically right. ruled. He specifically said so, in the report that he cannot he he could not charge on obstruction, even, whether or not he has enough evidence that right. he's not allowed to charge. He, he's not allowed to do that. So, Saul, I, I I wonder if you can tell me. You've read the report. I know. Were there things in there that bothered you? Not as a Republican. Not as a Democrat. As an American, did did you feel like? The president was doing things, as outlined in this report, that the president ought not do. Well, I'm not sure exactly what the president was doing that he ought not do, I guess. I mean, I... I Intimidating am, witnesses? That didn't bother uh, you? I'm not, aware of any, I'm not aware of any, intimid- any witness he intimidated. So dangling pardons in front of people as a, as a way of trying well, to influence I, their testimony. See, but that's an assumption you're making. You're assuming that somehow he was doing these things. I mean, there's 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 concern. There, nobody, if they could have shown that he actually did that, if they could have shown that there was something that that would have been obstruction. But there isn't any. The, the, the idea that they talked about different options, the idea that there was conversations with their lawyers on what they could do, the idea that it's it's kind of like. Plan, you know, talking about and planning a murder or a robbery. But so if you threatening, never robbery, and threatening if you never Michael murder, Cohen's, threatening Michael Cohen's family. That doesn't I, rise. I'm not aware to, of him threatening Michael Cohen's family. I, th- th- threatening the idea that things would come out 
about Michael Cohen that would that would damage his family. I mean, these are things that that I, I, I look I, firing the FBI firing the FBI director to to to, to stop he an investigation. Firing the FBI director because he didn't want the guy there. I mean, he no, had no, he he said it's all he said himself. No proof on the record. There is proof. There's a he president's says world. that he did it to get rid of the investigation. Is that proper? Is that all right for a Democrat to do that? It's not proper for anybody to, to do that if that was the specific reason to do it. That was it his specific reason. He told proper, us that. Pro, it, it also is not proper for the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton campaign to pay for a dossier and lie. To okay, lie so to Saul, I, if I stipulate, if I stipulate to that, which I'm fine doing, um, the, uh, the that still doesn't answer the question about whether there were things in this report that bothered you. Did you think that the things that were outlined here were appropriate conduct for the chief executive? I think it was conduct that is not surprising when somebody is in a witch hunt and getting wrongly accused of doing something he didn't do and he knew it was a political witch hunt. Only he knew for a fact that there was no collusion, that there was no deal with the Democrats and that the dossier was not true. So therefore, I can see how a frustrated president of the United States is then there. goes and breaks the then goes and breaks the law. He didn't break any law. If he broke yeah. the law, he'd be committed. This is just yeah. this is again. You can't make these blatant statements that he broke the law, that he did this bad. If he did something wrong, Mueller and the courts they would have gone after him any way they possibly. Could. I think I think okay. that's not I think that's not a a particularly uh, fair assessment of what it's their a, options exactly were. Fair. It's what's not fair is you're making a lot of assumptions and you're making a lot of conclusions based on a bias because you're not happy with the way things are working. The reality is he did not do anything illegal. He did not do anything he could be charged with and therefore was not charged. And because he didn't try to cover it up and he didn't try to obstruct it, he wasn't charged on that. Those are the facts. Beyond that, yes, you don't you may not like how he did it, why he did it, perspective that he did it. And that's a different political issue. And I'm okay with people going after it politically. And I think the Democrats can go out there and throw their stuff out there. And you're going to, you know, people like you will try to make it sound like there's a legitimate crisis out there and something's happening. The reality is the crisis is when the Obama administration politicized the FBI and the CIA to go after a political opponent, when the Obama administration politicized the IRS to go after political opponents. That, to me, is a crisis, because mm-hmm. there you're using government that should be above partisan sure. politics right. not to do that. Yeah. So, so that's where the real crisis is. That's where it started. And so you have an innocent man that in your mind, though, himself. that in your mind is 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 not tantamount to firing the FBI director, intimidating witnesses, uh, pressuring people to say things on your behalf. He didn't didn't pressure anybody. I mean, certainly that the the report says he did. So, I mean... The report says he may have. Flashback to 1998, and you had well-meaning, decent uh, people like Saul, who happened to be Democrats, who argued just like Saul is, that Bill Clinton... Um, was a subject of a partisan witch hunt that his what happened in his private life should have stayed in his private life. And, of course, maybe he did some things that some people might say are obstruction, but, you know, he was never charged. Right. He wasn't charged criminally, and so what he did wasn't wrong because, uh, and you know what, other Republicans did some bad things too, and he wasn't the only one who had affairs. This kind of whataboutism is why, and that has escalated since 1998, where we now have somebody, you know, former Republican Party chairman, a very decent, respectable man, saying, yes, my president may have done some things wrong, but I understand why he did, 
because he was a subject of a witch hunt. That kind of excuse making that we do for both parties. I mean, it's kind of a race to the bottom. It it, it is. uh, He's right. It's not just his party that's doing it, but we're in a race to a bottom. uh, Go ahead, Sal. I'll give you the last word here because I know you got to run, but uh, go ahead. I mean, look, I I think the problem is is it's very easy to sound, you know, self-righteous and come out and come up and and say we want to do something better and do it differently when the reality is is that there are bad people on all sides, unfortunately, and there are people who say things, do things, and shouldn't do things one way or another. And I wish we didn't, we weren't in a situation where it's so hyper-partisan. But people are very selective in their, in their analysis, they're very selective in the choices they use with regards to what, you know, what means what and what words were used in, in these political battles. And this is very much a political process. It's not a legal process. That's why nobody should be above the law. That's why we are a country based on the rules of law. And if there are laws that are broken, people should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. But that does not mean it's also true or politically relevant with regards to you know, somehow turning around and saying Trump has done all these things, but nobody could convict him. Therefore, he's yeah. still guilty, and we ought to go after him. All right, Saul Anuzis. Still proven guilty. Saul Anuzis is really great to uh, have you here, as always. I really appreciate you coming and talking about this subject. Uh, also, uh, Ron Fournier, president of Truscott Rossman Consulting Firm. It was great to have you here with us on Detroit Today. All right, when we come back, we are going to hear from billionaire activist Tom Steyer, who spent millions of dollars advocating in favor of impeaching the president. Stay with us on Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. Tom Steyer is a billionaire activist who spent millions of dollars in an effort to impeach President Trump. For him, there's no ambiguity about it. He recently spoke with Detroit Today producer Jake Neer about why he believes impeachment is necessary. For a long time, I've said that this president has met the criteria for impeachment because he clearly obstructed justice in plain sight and he takes payoffs, he is corrupt, also in plain sight. And the Mueller report dealt with the first part of that, which is the obstruction of justice, his attempt to stop or pervert the course of investigation into his own conduct. And if you read the Mueller report, which unfortunately I did, you will see that he lays out 10 clear instances of obstruction of justice. And so from our standpoint, what the Mueller report did, which we always said it would do, is do an exhaustive investigation and give us a ton of detailed information showing that, in fact, he did obstruct justice the way we'd watched him obstruct justice in public. So uh, although that's true, uh, Robert Mueller decided not to press charges in terms of obstruction of justice. Was that disappointing to you? And do you believe that that weakens your, uh, your position in any way? I actually don't, and I'll tell you why, Jake. In the Mueller report, what he said was, it is Department of Justice policy not to indict a sitting president. And he then said, I made the decision myself not to say he was guilty, because in a, if we did indict a citizen like you or me, we could go into court and defend ourselves. But the president can't go into court because he can't be indicted. So therefore, what he said, instead, I'm going to lay out the case right here. 
You can read it in exhaustive detail, and then it's up to Congress to hold the president to account. And as I think you may have seen, hundreds of former prosecutors, I think the last number I saw was 370, but it may be much higher now, said, presented with this evidence, we would indict him immediately and would be highly confident that he would be convicted of the crimes that he committed. Barb McQuaid, a former U.S. attorney in the Eastern District here in Michigan and a guest that we have often here on the show, was one of the people that signed on that. And she essentially said before the Mueller report came out that we could expect uh, that this might lay out a uh, sort of ground or a a map um, for prosecutors in other jurisdictions to pursue some sorts of, uh, of of charges. Instead, it seems like this focuses more on you know a possible map for Congress in that case to to take the 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 reins from here instead of going through the criminal justice system, which is sort of a significant aspect of this that this now moves into the political realm. Well, the funny thing is, Jake, we've always thought it was in the political realm. You know, what we're seeing is the most concerted and deliberate attack on our democratic form of government since the Civil War. And we're watching it happen real time as this president asserts directly and almost daily that he is above the law, that he will do exactly what he wants regardless of the law, that the separation of powers and the equal precedence of Congress is a joke, and that he will not observe any control or any oversight, regardless of what's in the Constitution and regardless of the impact on the American people. We are seeing him attempt to overthrow our form of government. So with that being said, you know, now the question is what Democrats will decide to do with this information, how they will use their oversight powers. Um, First of all, before we talk about the political calculus of impeachment itself, there, there are now questions about whether Robert Mueller will testify, whether there will be uh, contempt proceedings against uh, William Barr. I'm curious if you feel like Democrats so far have handled their oversight powers the way that they should be, uh, given the how weighty you believe the findings of the Mueller report are. Well, first of all, let me say it's not just the weightiness of the Mueller report. It's his behavior over the last two years that is really shows that he deserves and has clearly met the criteria to be impeached. Do I believe the Democrats have performed their job adequately? Well, obviously, I'm in sharp disagreement with the Democratic leadership. I don't think there's any question that in public and repeatedly we have said this president should, being held, should be being held to account under the only true control they have of him, which is impeachment proceedings that there should be televised hearings, that basically this is a question for the American people, that we've had one true hearing, which was the Michael Cohen hearing. We've had a second, which was the William Barr hearing, for the American people to see what this administration is really up to and what this president is up to and what the people around him are like. And what we saw with Michael Cohen, he's going to jail for three or four years for acts he committed at the behest of this president. With William Barr, we saw him go on TV and dissemble, deliberately mislead the American people, absolutely distort the record of what the Mueller report was when he was the only person who had access at the behest of this president. I think that we need a series of these hearings so the American people can see these people 
recount their misdeeds, and actually behave badly in public the way the Attorney General did. In my opinion, he should have resigned long ago. He's lost the confidence of this country and certainly of this Congress because they could watch him lie to, through his teeth in front of them and then watch it be shown that he was lying within a matter of days. Now, with the, again, uh, the the political calculus of opening impeachment proceedings here, now, uh, Democrats, it seems like, are concerned that you do that, you take you you open that door, and suddenly you give the president and Republicans a really great way to raise money between now and the next election. Um, unless you really do see that there is a clear, um, you know, course to removing a president or forcing him to resign, it seems like uh, there's a lot of concern right now about this actually backfiring on Democrats. What's your what is your response to that? Well, I want to respond to that, Jake, on a couple of different uh, levels, which is the level of right and wrong, and then on the political level. Sure. And I also, and I don't think the two are separate. Let me say that right now before we start that I that I don't separate them. And before I even do that, I want to point out that the person who's introduced articles of impeachment is from Michigan, yeah, Rashida Tlaib. Rashida Tlaib, sure, right here in Detroit. Yes, and that's why I wanted to make sure that I gave her a shout-out, because she's the person, one of the people really leading the way in the Congress. And, and to be clear, but, I believe that her bill would open impeachment proceedings, not articles of impeachment, that there's a distinction there. Yes, absolutely. Right. But you asked me what I thought about whether impeachment could backfire, and you specifically asked me about whether it would cause Republicans to be able to raise money. So let's be clear. Republicans can raise money no matter what. Republicans are going to turn out no matter what. This whole red herring about, oh, my goodness gracious, the Republicans won't like it if we do that. Oh, my goodness gracious, they might actually give a lot of money and turn out to vote. Get over it. They're going to. They're going to raise a ton of money. They know that their corporate kleptocracy is at risk. Those people are going to give a ton of money to try and protect their corporate interests. And the the Republicans are going to turn out. In 2014, which was the last midterm before last year, 40 million Republicans voted and 35 million Democrats voted. In 2018, 50 million Republicans voted. So if you're wondering if they're going to turn out, the answer is 10 million more Republicans turned out in 2018 than in 2014. But 59 million Democrats turned out. The Democratic turnout between 14 and 18, went from 35 to 59. That's up by two-thirds. So when you ask, oh, my goodness, Republicans may vote in greater numbers, they're going to. That's the wrong question. The question we should be asking from a political standpoint is, what is going to get people to come out and vote as Democrats? And that's my first point. But the second point is this. Whatever happened to right and wrong? Whatever happened to, oh, my goodness gracious, this is America. We do what's right. We stand up for what's right. We stand up against evildoers. Whatever happened to that? It's like, oh, my goodness gracious, everything is a, uh, some sort of calculation about the polling data and you know, what you think the polling data is going to be in two months. Whatever happened to you know, us being the proponents of morality and justice and freedom and stepping up for the rights of human beings. Whatever happened to that? Or do we go to polls to find out what our values are? Or do we actually stand up and do what's right? 
That's going to do it for us on Detroit Today. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station, your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.